Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 351. This is Russ, and I'm excited to have a full house this week with Aaron, Rich, and Daryl. 351 episodes. Yes. A lot of episodes. Indeed. Getting up there. Little bit. Well, Rich, glad to have you back with us. It's been a yeah, minute. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not all of me is back. I'm missing about, I guess, 10%. So. We'll take what we can get. Yeah, yeah that still works. We're we're glad that what's what's left of you is here. Exactly. Do you care to go into that at all? I'm sorry, I just don't know how vague you want oh, to be for the listeners that are like, like, what does that mean? I didn't know if you got. Yeah, no, I had my right leg uh, below the knee amputated um, about three and a half weeks ago, four weeks ago, and I've been in rehab ever since. Just got out day before yesterday. Um, so diabetes, take it seriously, folks. I mean, it, it's a, it's like it, it was a frankly shocking thing to hear from you when you when you you know let us in on what was going on. But I mean, yeah, I, yeah. The, well, the it's just weird. I I was cleaning out this shed and organizing it, and that night when I got home, took my shoes off, I noticed I had two spider bites on my right foot. And, oh, jeez. You know, I I Benadryled them and cleaned them and Benadryl and bandaged them and everything and then that was the Wednesday before Labor Day and by uh, um, midweek the next week I had I mean I could see my bones of my middle toe so it was bad yeah Um, so it had to go so just uh, those spider bites got an infection and my diabetes let it run it course quickly <laughs> so anyway well i'm so glad you're on the mend i'm glad yep, you're back got a few months till i get a prosthetic i think it takes it long because i gotta hunt down the jaw of a whalebone so i can't tell if you're being serious <laughs> did they actually use a job out of a whale <laughs> no that's that'd be what, crazy <laughs> that's what pirates what? back in the day would use that i think of it i, I don't uh, know how prosthetic i mean i understand there's you know rubbers and metals and what have you that can do the uh, trick silicon or whatever but like yeah. i'm just curious like maybe they actually use parts of whale bone i don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to to get one of those legs that i can you know hide a weapon in but you know we'll see like uh like Rose McGowan in, in the Grindhouse movie. Yeah, RoboCop is what I'm thinking of. That's a much better option. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to remember the speak. movie that has Tim Burton's ex-wife, where she's got the fake leg and it has a shotgun hidden inside it. A shotgun. I know what uh, you're talking about too. 
I can't, I can't think, of, think it of what that movie no, was. No, I'm with so. you. I can't think of it either, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Which Tim Burton movie are you thinking of? <laughs> Shotgun? Not Tim Burton movie. N- Tim no, Burton's wife. Yeah. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter. Well, his yeah, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, Helena Bonham Carter. I couldn't remember her name, and I can't uh, remember the movie it was in where she lifts her leg up and shoots. That's going to bug me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get started talking about Walking Dead while I go to IMDb. All right, a <clears throat> little bit of news. Um, so last bit of news we talked about was... Is it Lone Ranger? I'm sorry. <laughs> is it Lone Ranger? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it yes. is. All right, cleared that up. Okay. <laughs> we could all... Our minds are at ease now. Um, yes. <laughs> nice. The, oh. the, the Oscar-nominated Lone Ranger, right? Yes. With up and comer Army Hammer, um, <clears throat> yeah, he took a bite out of that role. He did. Um, See, we can still joke. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So news. Last week we talked about the um, the Maggie and Negan spinoff. This week we have a name for the Daryl Dixon spinoff, which is called Daryl Dixon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know what? I want to know how many hours and money was spent on a think tank inside the production <laughs> company to come up with that. Yeah. Um, I'm still kind of upset that Carol won't be in it now, but I understand Melissa McBride's reasoning and stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah. Give her a cooking show. There yes. you go. It, well, but, but honestly, give Jerry a show. Then she could just be like the wacky neighbor. Well, what I think they should do based on this episode, I don't know how they're going to end the season. You know, I know how it ended in the comic, but I'm just thinking, man, do a show called Commonwealth. And it's and and it ends up being Carol running it with Jerry and um, lawyer chick whose name I forget. Yumiko. Uh, Yumiko. Yeah. Ezekiel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Commonwealth. I dig it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch that to AMC. Now Rick and Michonne, it's not called Rick and, like it's still just the untitled Rick and Michonne spinoff, right? Perhaps. Although I don't uh, doubt it. I wouldn't be surprised. That could change. Now that's not a true spinoff, right? It's just gonna be it was like a few episode miniseries or are they talking about I mean that's seasons? the equivalence of a spinoff. I mean, yeah, I mean well, no, I know, I know, but I mean it's not gonna be like seasons of a show. Sure, yeah, it's, it's just, just yeah, correct. It's the, yeah. It is it, instead of three movies, it's six episodes or whatever. So it's you know, yeah. just it's yeah. the movies turned into a TV show. <laughs> yes, that that's an important distinction. I don't pretty, mind that. Well, I mean, it's like yeah, I mean, we jest about the nature of the movies because it always seems silly from the get go. But you know, the, the the important thing is that this story that they've been cooking will be finished off in some way, and so like right. I I support that. <laughs> Well, and TV nowadays is very cinematic. I mean, if you've been watching Andor, I mean, it's like watching many movies. It's fantastic. Watching this show is very cinematic. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So we'll wait for some news in the coming week. So t- just some scheduling stuff. I know we've had some delay in posting episodes. Um, we're not going to get into ta- the last two episodes of Tales this week. Um, we've, we just had a lot of weird scheduling stuff. Um lately where where we can't kind of get a get a decent quorum together um so we're going to kind of see how things go at comic-con this weekend um if there's anything big we might record something in between and shoehorn the tales episodes in um i am going to be on vacation for almost two weeks so 
Um, once this episode goes up, we'll have a little bit of a gap um, in in there, but we'll so we'll probably double up with regular episodes on then. You'll you'll if we don't get to the to a, a Comic Con Tales episode, then the next episode of this show is probably going to be two episodes of the main show. We may just re- depending on everybody's schedule, we may just record both episodes and maybe split them and just release them a few days apart. Um, to get caught up on Tales. So we don't want everybody to think we just forgot about the last two episodes of Tales and that they're kind of in the ether. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll get to them. We're just, we're just trying to kind of get back on track. And, and since you've already covered the first four, I just throw my two cents in. The Terry Crews episode was my favorite of all. Nice. All right. All right. That sure. one, and I like the Naturist Survival in the Woods one. Goose. Even though it was very much predictable throughout it, I really liked the that one. But yeah, that kind of tracks with with what we were pretty positive on the Parker Posey episode too. So we've been pretty positive all around. Yeah, the, on the show as a whole, which yeah. I think we could get back to when we actually do talk about the last two tales. Because I am, I for one thing, I am curious if they announce a second season at New York Comic Con. But also, I just it's such a unique enterprise for The Walking Dead that I feel like was successful, so it'll be nice to reflect on it once we go over the last two tales as well. And it, it would be nice if they would just, you know, every year between us, between different shows, just throw out one or two, or you know, just every once in a while on AMC Plus, just throw them out there, because they're fun, and I mean, it, we're getting to see other parts, well, so far of America, I still want to see like some Walking Dead tales, like in France or China or something like that. See how the zombie apocalypse is going there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so let's talk about lockdown. 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 A uh, lot going on in this episode. Pretty hectic. Um, Pretty pretty chaotic, uh, as well as a car chase, which uh, that we don't get too many car chases in The Walking Dead. So I thought that was actually fairly well done. Uh, Somewhat brief, but but again, it was kind of cool to see an actual car chase in the in the show. The the camera work on that car chase was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty impressed. Super impressed. Yeah, I will say, cars always seem to have the same fate when they go like more than thirty in The Walking Dead. They just flip over. Yes. Yes, a constant problem of cars just don't drive them fast, and, and uh, I guess DC or whatever, whatever these these country roads are supposed to be. At this yes. <laughs> but as the episode starts, uh, the gang kind of regroups. So it's it's the Maggie, Negan, Daryl. Aaron, you know, Aaron Gabriel, father, Annie. father Gabriel, like that. And it all. jumps right into the action too. Yeah. Just, yeah. They're like, clear- the wall from the get go. Yeah, yeah. They're like clearing out that, that kind of house they're holed up in Hornsby and his men are kind of coming, coming at them on the way. So, you know, there's that whole, whole thing going on. Um, they decided to use Negan kind of as bait to go back to the Commonwealth because, that nobody knows his face. Like he's not a known quantity. Um, and as we'll find out later, Daryl has kind of, the the group has kind of given him information for him to take inside. Cause obviously the concern now is since this group has kind of gone rogue and is a problem, they're concerned about their people on the inside because, you know, they would obviously be used as leverage against, uh, against Daryl and his, his people the, on the outside. The Daryl Dixon protocol. Yes, yes. So what's 
what is the plan exactly with Negan? Do we really like? It's just he just has to go in and help. Like that's the whole deal. Like, I guess, or maybe get word to the rest of them. Like, hey, uh, Hornsby is off the chain, and they know that Daryl is not like playing nice anymore and probably just to kind of fill them in on what's going on on the outside so they can prepare on the inside because two after this happens like you know carol says okay jerry take the kids get them to safety like they start kind of moving the pieces internally to where they can uh you know where they don't just kind of get uh you know uh you know vanished in the middle of the night now what i was expecting once negan showed up there i was uh, that plan is kind of what I got from it, but what I was expecting was somebody in the Commonwealth is going to recognize him from his savior days or something like he, somebody he screwed over or something like that, and um, they'll attack him right there and all that. But that didn't happen. But I was kind because you know how there's always a wrench being thrown into things. I thought that that would be the wrench, but I was. Well, we got we have time, yeah, time like that too. Well, yeah. true, true. Like, he was only there for, like, a minute, <laughs> and then he's immediately, like... I think I counted at least twice, maybe three times this episode, where he said the words, well, do you know who I am? And I, that's why I was, like, expecting something. But, you know, maybe maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Yeah, we start to get more... I mean, we'll get to it, but Mercer is starting to kind of crack a little more, I think, too, or, or wake up. Um Waking not, up is a good way to put it. Yeah, and not that he didn't know what was going on, but just the fact that like he's coming That's around. Getting, yeah, it's getting too out of hand for him to just yeah. like, look the other way at. Like, uh, there's, there's. I mean, right. he, he was firsthand at the thing that Sebastian's being accused of, so he knows the truth already. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, because I, I find Mercer to be, pretty, especially in this form of it, he's pretty fascinating as a character, where he's a guy that's treated like a celebrity. But he knows a lot, and he can't really do anything about it. So he has to either like work with the fame he has, or just keep with the protocol of I'm the guy that just helps solve the problems. Like, there's a lot of layers there that I'm yeah. appreciating what the show's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to keep the peace. That said, where's Princess this week? Yeah, where is? Oh, Princess this I week? knew we were missing somebody. Well, her and Eugene. Like, I was like, are, are they in jail or something? I forget. I forget what the hell everybody's doing. Like, there's 16 people uh, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so the the, the 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 kind of plan comes together. Negan gets gets nabbed up. Um, you know, they, they, they Daryl manages to kind of like wing Hornsby, um, although with with a with a pretty solid high power rifle shot, but it doesn't seem to. Uh, yeah, that Daryl, you know, he's so him. good at everything except shooting the one man. <laughs> yes, that's, that's very that hard for him. He yeah. just can't. He can't quite get that Hornsby. He's got pieces of him. Yeah. But, um, well, he said he was going to pick them off one at a time. He just didn't say what order. Yeah, but this is where the car chase comes in. Daryl's, you know, because of what Negan does, Daryl gets in the other vehicle and and takes off, and so they they kind of go after him. Um, and then Daryl takes out like that. That was a cool, you know, where they're just about to kind of come in on Negan, and Daryl just like totally t bones the the other vehicle. Um, it, taking taking that car out. Uh, back at the Commonwealth, uh, things are heating up. Like Pamela is not in a in a good spot because there's there's tons of protests now because the word is getting out. the The paper the story was put in the paper to talk about what Sebastian did and how he you know got got those people killed trying to you know enrich himself 
and there's a lot of protests out there. There's a lot of calls for Pamela um, to, you know, to resign or to be tried and, and they want Sebastian's head on a pike. And so the tension's kind of ratcheting up inside the Commonwealth. Um, I have questions about, well, so for one thing out there on the positive, and I'm very positive on this episode. I think the episode does its job, but like, I like that Pam is speaking to someone that's like the cracks are shutting it. Like she's cracking, like she's having issues. Oh yeah. She already knows her son is awful, but she's like, how awful is he? Somebody whispers to her. Um, and so it's like, this is an interesting way to play it as far as, like, I have to contend with the fact that my son's a dick, but I didn't realize how much of a dick he actually is. Uh, that that all being said, I don't understand how there's a mystery surrounding who wrote this article. That, I, yes. My, that was <laughs> yes. my question, too, because do, like, didn't, didn't her editor or whatever, like, get onto her like she's got to go through and approve everything, all the yeah, language? Like, e- even if it was posted yeah. anonymously in the paper... How many fucking art journalists are there at the Commonwealth Times? Like, like or did are there, she are, just they write like, it as an op-ed? Do they have a bunch of freelancers coming in so they can't have any idea who's writing? I don't understand that. And also, don't you think the person that would post the controversial article is the one person that's been questioning everything going on in the Commonwealth? I just I don't understand. Yeah. How, yes, how, like this level of ambiguity of like I don't know who wrote this thing. Is it right. is, is it Connie who's been constantly asking us questions, or Joe Smith who writes a food column every week? I don't know which one it could be. Like <laughs> yes, <just> like, okay. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> it's just so weird. I, I wouldn't have thought that that's why like I was concerned about the end of the last the mid season for the last time where it's like cool she posts the article but won't she like immediately get caught for and like punished for doing yeah. so I guess that's not the case alright it's not like Pamela couldn't put the screws to somebody at the paper that would know who did it like even if the editor wouldn't crack like somebody knows so yeah that that seemed a little odd to me um but Mercer, so we get we get the Mercer Negan scene, which I thought was actually pretty well done, where the two of them are just kind of going back and forth with each other, um, and then ultimately Negan says like Daryl sent him, and you know they start again. It was a, it was a pretty good scene of the two of them going back and forth. What was that bit about Ashley? Like he said, that, like Daryl said to ask you about, or somebody said something about somebody named Ashley. And then Negan said, well, it must not have gone pretty good. It must not have gone good based on the way you're talking, the way you're describing it or something. I, I was a little confused with that. I was uh, confused with that, too. Is there something I don't remember? or I, I just as well assume that there's some story that maybe we forgot about that Mercer told Daryl or something that. Or maybe. No, isn't that the one of the people in the like Sebastian's House of Doom? Oh, ma- yes. Isn't yes. That, the that was the, the lady. Like, the, one, the he main found. woman. Yes. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that's, yes. That's OK. Duh. Yeah, there we go. <clears throat> Man, take a few months off, and this is what happens. Hey, we're, we are a professional podcast group. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 351 yeah, episodes right. strong. Um, all your mind, all of our minds are going from those drugs we did in the 60s. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they kind of hash things out. And, I, I mean, the whole thing was just to kind of like a wink, wink, nod, nod, so Mercer lets him in. Um you know, because of what's going on. And so clearly, as we'll see later on, it, it worked. Um, We cut over to Judy. Like he's just in the city. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Much easier than the, than it went for them the last time. But again, I think it just kind of speaks to, 
Yeah. I think it kind of speaks to um, how Mercer's changing, right? Like how he's he's, he's coming to see things. Um, It's funny to see how the actress that plays Judith is is starting to age because... I know. (laughs) She she shot up at least a foot. This episode is supposed to be pretty close after the last episode, and she she clearly looks like she's she's aged. I I was afraid they were going to Sophia her. Yeah, she got yeah. so tall. Um, but yeah, so some of those henchmen—I guess these are these are Mercer's henchmen or whatever—are um, are, kind of coming and searching the place. And the weird one thing that was weird is Carol hid outside, and the girls hid like under that cupboard thing. I, I was, know. I was like, yeah, that's I was. Not, I that's thought they weird. all left. I was yeah. ready to question this whole strategy. For one thing, uh, I Carol would—I mean just murder them that seems like the easier solution yes agreed. well i thought it was because it's like that's not that difficult Uh, i mean the thing is is they were going to check closets and stuff probably so but who looks under the kitchen sink for people hiding my thing is is she probably couldn't fit under there although melissa mcbride's kind of small but it's more like what you know if they're in Leave. Take the kids and go. Don't just like. That's what I thought. Like, yeah. that's, that's the uh, well, I didn't think that she could because there would have been a chance that they'd pass each other in the hall or something. I mean, no, they got out the window. They got out the window, and yeah. also Carol's smart, and they got a fire escape. Get out of yeah. there. Like, yeah, you play. Just go out the window. Yeah, it was just an odd thing. So I was like, okay, well, those kids get ambushed. She's all the way outside. Oh, I know why. Right. I know why she hid outside the window. Right. It was in the script. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that pesky script. Um, uh, I I do like after this little scene here. So so they kind of come up empty-handed and they leave. But the one thing that um that the one guy notices is a picture on the fridge of Judith and Daryl. Like so, mm-hmm. now she knows like who who she's looking for. Like the you know she's looking for this kid. I, I appreciated the attention to detail. That's not like some generic, like, you know, cast photo of like Daryl, like smiling with her. It was just like, they were like standing off kind of to the side, not mm-hmm. making an expression. <laughs> with yeah. Standing like near her. Uh, that, that, that I enjoyed that is because it felt real. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, that is a picture they would take. <laughs> I would have thought that the people, because they're, they were following the Darren, Daryl Dixon protocol knew who they would be looking. Yeah, that's that's the thing that bothered me about it. It's like, why yeah. is this news? <laughs> like, <what>? Yes. <laughs> um. So then we get outside after after this happens, <clears throat> and the look on Negan's face when he's just looking around at the Commonwealth and seeing what it actually is was to me just kind of priceless because he had this like kind of odd smile smirky thing on his face and just looking around like oh man like this is i don't know if part of it was this is what i hoped i could have built you know kind of thing like this is this is kind of the you know what what i what i wish that that you know what i was doing could have been or if he was just like Man, these people are living in a dream world. I, I don't know what it I, like what it was. I, but. I think it's it's more of the latter. Like I think there's a bit of the like wonder of the fact that this place exists, but I also think he's very similar to like when Carol woke up in Ezekiel Land. Remember that? 
Uh-huh. She was just like, this is nuts, and she's laughing at it. I think yeah. that's a lot more of where Deegan's head's at with this. Yeah, but it, just, it was just a great, again, Jeffrey D. Morgan just did an awesome job, because just the look on his face as he's looking around was just sure. priceless. He tends to do that in yes. most stuff he's in. Then we get Jerry. Yeah. Jerry showed up, and he was he's Jerry, like, hey, dude. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> he gets stuff to do. Yes. Uh, which I thought I did was... like that. I like when he gets like, hey, dude, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a very Jerry thing to, to do. Um, so then we cut back to Daryl and his crew and there's a guy that's trying to radio, uh, back to the Commonwealth, gets in touch with, you know, if he's finally able to get through to somebody and Maggie comes up and stabs his ass. Um, I like how she did it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they kind of squelch, you know, this little group there that's, uh, that's trying to, to radio for reinforcements and, and, and get help. And so they're. Again, they're kind of plotting what their next move is to try and either stay ahead of. They realize at that time, Maggie's just like, "Look, we have got to kill Hornsby before he gets back." Like they're they're on a full out mission to to just end this dude um, because. And it's just a shame he's so resilient to bullets. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, so then, back in the back in the Commonwealth, uh, Jerry takes Negan to Carol's place. Um, and Carol's like, what, what are you doing here? Um, and, and <laughs> I love that the, the, I wrote the line down for Negan where he's like, he's like, yeah, I should have listened to you. I should have stayed in that goddamn cabin. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was, that was funny. Yeah, that, was, that was a good line. Uh, <laughs> Negan had a lot of good stuff here. Cause this is and like, the, it. like as this is as some of his motivation seemed to be. It's like, well, oh, yeah. he's killing it. Like, the it, role. it was good because. There's touches of the old Negan, and it's like they let him be that Negan because they, that's what they needed, but not the completely over-the-top, you know, constant, you know, like, again, we've gone over this, but back when Negan first showed up, it was just, I think the reason they metered him out the way they did was because at that point in his character, it was so over-the-top all the time that yeah. it just would become kind of ridiculous like it would just you just kind of get tired of like oh this guy like everything that comes out of his mouth the work's been done at this point to normalize him and to make him yes give his character depth so it's like yes necessarily forgive him for his actions but you can see where he was coming from to some degree or whatever but also these scenes they don't have the you know the giant gorilla weight that is i have to be sad about maggie every 10 seconds because he's not with her right like he has that to work with also yes but just, I like when he slips back into it for oh, effect. For sure. Like, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and so there was a lot of that this episode that just was, again, it, it was it was used in the right way. Um, so then we cut back to Pamela's office. And, like, the, again, this mob is getting is getting larger and, and more vocal. And they've, they've kind of come into where Pamela is at this point. And they want her head. Like, she's like, oh, my son, like, he wouldn't, like, I know him. He wouldn't do this. Like, you know, there's no way he would have done anything like this. And, you know, the the people that, that lost their, you know, their daughter, you know, they want justice. And these other people want justice for, for their loved ones. Um, and, again, this mob is getting bigger and bigger. And they're getting more aggressive. And uh, this is where Yumiko comes in and kind of diffuses the situation. She kind of comes in. It, it's funny. She's turning into like the 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 governor's aide, right? Like she's not just the attorney for Pamela or for the for the Commonwealth. She's almost like, um, I guess maybe kind of like what Horns, Hornsby was, maybe 
like she's kind of filling that role of like of of Pamela's right hand right hand person. Um, but she comes in and kind of diffuses it and is just like, look, you know, we're looking at this. Whoever it is is going to come to justice. We're fully investigating it. Like everybody just kind of calm down. She's able to kind of diffuse things a bit, at least um, for Pamela to to get away and to take off. And then after that, we get the scene with uh, Magna in Yumiko, who they were not. Uh, they kind of reunite with each other, um, and that was interesting because Yumiko basically is saying like if if everybody else decides they need to leave because things are getting too hot or or things are getting crazy or you know because they need to get uh Connie and and the rest of them out based because of the story um that Magna like Yumiko Magna wants Yumiko to come with and you and Yumiko's like look I'm not I'm not leaving without Tommy I'm not leaving without my brother like I finally after all this time found him I'm I'm not going to leave <clears throat> and then Magna says like well, then I'm not leaving either. Like, if you're not leaving, I'm not leaving. And, you know, we'll wait until we get to a point where, where we can get all three of us out. Like, where you and Tommy and me, we can we can all kind of get out. So that was kind of nice to have them two kind of come back together and have a moment, which we haven't seen for quite some time. It was nice because I completely forgot that they were, like, a thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Like, so I did, made, too. Like, them as a couple. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. They, like, have a real past relationship. Like, I... <laughs> They barely like show them. They they yeah. do, and like the, even the comic makes that like a thing. It's not like it's you know, it's not a show like this. It's not as fully drawn out, but like that's right. if you were to ask me about those characters in the comics, like yeah, they're that they're that couple. This show is like I guess they're together at some point. I don't know. One's a lawyer and she has a brother. Like that's like, more <laughs> than just like Magnus seems like so she hasn't had a whole lot to do. I don't know, and I don't know if that's no. a mix of she just is busy being an actress and other things, or the show just doesn't know what to do with her because I think. They've certainly given a lot of work to Yumiko. We've seen a lot of her, but we haven't seen very much of Magma, I don't No, we I mean she was like working the catering event and that was like the most we saw of her the whole last third of the season. So Yeah. Um yeah, we haven't we haven't got much much at all. Uh, no. So then we cut back to, to Jerry because Carol has kind of given him the task of getting the kids to safety. Um that there's some loft that they still have access to. And so the it's pretty cool because Jerry's kind of walking through the street as all this protesting is happening and all this stuff right. is going on. Um, and he kind of notices that somebody's following him. I thought that was cool because they almost have this like resistance network that's yeah. that's kind yeah, of this yeah. well-oiled machine, right? Because you know Jerry's ushering the kids past and he comes across those people and he's he's like you know gives them the you know you know the 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 finger across the nose kind of kind of bit and um, he pulls the sting. That's exactly yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, I uh, thought it was their own version of Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> that sure, too, the Great works. Escape, Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they those you know the two guys just like come and block the the guys that were you know looking at Daryl's place earlier and and so it it, it it's kind of it was kind of a cool just well timed you know deal and so it allows Jerry and and the kids to kind of get some more distance between them. Um, we come back to Negan and Carol and they have a bit of a moment with each other as they're kind of plotting, you know, what, what they're going to do. And Negan tells her like, Hey, I've got, I'm married. Um, you know, and, and she's pregnant and Carol's like, well, why are you telling me? <laughs> Carol's like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't care. Like this I is really great don't. information, I guess. Thanks. Uh, we're not <laughs> like that, friends. Like that scene uh, in infinity war with black Panther. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, they're not uh, homies. Yeah. Um, 
And he, but he tells her, he's like, look, I just want you to know that I have somebody out there. Um, and maybe it was to kind of show to her that he has some skin in this game, that there's a sure. reason yeah, like why he's that. doing what he's doing, that it, this isn't sure. another um, manipulation or you know him sure. falling back into his yeah. old trappings Vegan, or something. Vegan's got but just as much to lose as everybody else. Exactly, exactly. Um, he, he's, not, he's not here to entertain himself. He's here on a mission. Yes. Um, so back in uh, on the other side of the story, Daryl, Maggie, and their crew kind of regroup um, with each other. They all kind of saddle back up. We see that uh, like Aaron and Father Gabe show up, and they're like, "Oh man, you know Hornsby and his people like they've got it all barricaded. Like we can't get through. There's no way we're going to be be able to get around them." Um, and then they like suspiciously cut over to a manhole cover. So it's like, oh, they're going to try and flank them on the. Uh, through the sewer. So check off sewer. Um, then we get, a, we get a, um, the beginning of a couple scenes with Rosita and Mercer. Um, yeah. while, while all this stuff is going on, we find that there's a horde or as they call it, a swarm that's descending on the Commonwealth. And they're not really sure, like, you know, what's, what's the deal? Why, what, you know, why are they coming? And they're having to, to go deal with, uh, with this swarm. And so, you know, they've got some folks out on the perimeter and Rosita gears up um, and goes out with Mercer to go to go deal with the with the, with the swarm. So this is my favorite stuff in this episode. Um, you know how we like or at least comment on the walking dead beating you with a sledgehammer when it comes to their themes. I like the idea that there's this swarm that's inevitably coming to them that represents similarly this like basically the downfall of whatever version of the Commonwealth is coming. Yeah, uh, like that's that feels like what the swarm represents to, for for the show. When that it's like we don't know why it's happening, but it it's just going to happen, and we're going to have to deal with it the way we need to, and it's probably going to result in a lot of death. Like it seems right. like a very very clear parallel. But at the same time, I really like Mercer and Rosita's conversations because uh, it strengthens both of them. Uh, Rosita's someone that you know we seem to every now and then get a little bit of, and here she's like, I don't need like I'm not going to fight protesters, but if you want me to like take on some you know this other threat sure i'm your girl for that but like anything else whatever versus like i respect it cool if you need help i'm there for you like that's just like easy character work that's just really done like in a good way i i appreciate all this stuff yeah when they first announced the lockdown and everybody to go in their homes and stuff i thought that i thought they were i thought pamela was lying i thought it was a a tactic just to stop the protest. I, uh, well, it's both. I mean, yeah. Yeah. well, no, it's not, I, it's not, not that. <laughs> I get it, but I was thinking, oh, five miles out, you don't. I mean, they're well, they're either making it up or using it as an excuse. But now I wonder if that she had somebody out there steering the swarm towards the Commonwealth for that reason. But then I thought, no, she wouldn't nah. risk the Commonwealth. No, she, she's no. not that, like, that's a Hornsby thing. She's not right. that person. Yes. Yeah. And she I, made, I, I mean, and they made a point of, you can hear the, you know, all the, the swarm after, you know, the, he stopped talking and then that's when he just said, you know what, just take them out, move them. Move them out. I, I will say, cause this is about as close as topical as the walking dead can get. I can appreciate an episode of this show that's like we have protesters dealing with 
something a one percenter is doing that's affecting us lower class people at the same time there's basically a pandemic approaching us so we need to go into lockdown like that's not a coincidence like as far as all that that's happening right now in the show probably uh, not like, it, it's, it doesn't have to delve much deeper than that because i don't need the walking in to be that level of preachy but i do i like i i thought you know for a storyline like this the commonwealth i like that the writers have found a way to actually make it somewhat relevant to the times that's that's impressive to me yeah, and relatable and believable, and you know it it, it doesn't come like it's it, it's something out in left field either. Yeah, authority figures that uh, exerting a certain <clears throat> level of power that ends up harming the people they want to protect. Like it's <laughs> that's very juicy. That's very topical. Yeah. <clears throat> Negan and Carol end up tracking down Sebastian. Um, he's kind of like holed up in this place, kind of. Uh, uh, he's he's a bit of a mess. Uh, yeah. and you think you'd have something better for being a spoiled rich kid. <laughs> like, you would you think, think, but I think even like, he knows, like, he's 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 persona non grata, right? Like, even his own mother, I think he's even somewhat afraid of even going back to his own mother cause, or getting word to her. Oh, sure. Um, <clears throat> so I he's... He wants her to know how bad he is. <laughs> right, right. Um, Was he so, drunk? Uh, I don't know about that. They made a lot of noise busting in the into that hidden. Oh, room maybe so. Was, yeah, yeah. Because they basically had to like, kick him. Yeah, because yeah, I because sure no, he didn't seem drunk once he was up. But then I was like, well, was hung he over. sleep through that? Yeah, but, yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably hung over. Yeah, because they had to. They had to really. I thought they. they I thought when they first showed it, I wasn't thinking about Sebastian. I was like, what did they just end up like in, in the meth house or like what, what's going on? Like I didn't realize it was just him at first because I thought there were just dead bodies. Yeah. Or you got Negan stepping on your hand and slap, you can step on your hand and slapping you around. It's probably going to get you, get, get your adrenaline pumping a little bit to get more. So see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they decide to, uh, to get they Carol has a plan and and at this point we don't really know what the plan is um right. she talks about insurance and things like that i thought what i thought was going to happen was they would find sebastian and they were going to basically hold him at gunpoint so they could get out so if anybody tried to stop him they would just be like we're just going to shoot this dude if you don't back off and then use that to get away but clearly carol is smarter than that and has a deeper bargain yeah, good. Yeah, because uh, I because I like that trip my mind too. Or like that can't be the plan. That like bait, like or hostage, like that's yeah. Like and to what avail? They'll just like come after them the second they leave. Like I don't know. I don't know what that plan's going to lead. Right. This is better. I like where this is going. But yes. Um. So they they need at at this point we don't really know this, but the plan is that they, they need to get Sebastian back to Pamela so Carol can kind of uh, put forth her bargain. Correct. And at this point, Negan offers to kind of. Some this dude uh, recognizes Sebastian and tries to stop him, and so Negan kind of offers himself up as as a bit of a sacrifice again, um, so that Carol and Sebastian can get away. And so you know they end up, you know, you know Negan gets in a fight. They end up you know smacking him with the butt of a rifle, knocking him out, and Negan puts his hands up like "You got me." Um, and meanwhile, Carol, Carol and Sebastian get away. <laughs> And this is the bit where all of a sudden, you know, they're they're in this courtyard and and Pamela's, you know, men are faced off with the protesters. And then there's like dead silence and you start hearing the walkers getting closer and closer. 
and and then they let the tear gas fly, and so things yeah. things are starting to get out of control. Um, we cut back outside to Rosita and Mercer, and this is where they have a conversation where Rosita says, "Like, hey, out here, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will be on the front lines. I will be as merciless and as vicious as you need me to be. But in there, like, I want no part of that. Like, that's that's yeah. not me. Yeah. Like, I'm." my daughter and my family are first and everything else is second. Like, don't, don't ask me. And, and that's when Mercer's like, yeah, I can respect that. And but like, with all of that, Mercer's bed, what is he training him to do? Cause their strategy was like, get as close as possible. I, I don't know. Maybe. And then not be successful at escaping. <laughs> like, I don't understand. How I, I, that, could be I didn't understand that at all. It's like, why are you getting so close? It is you, such an open have, field. And they're like, I guess our bodies are being torn apart. now. <laughs> like, you I, have I, long range weapons. And then I, I don't know. I thought that no. was just a weird, weird I, tactic. I, I figure I, they're just trying to make, I think they're just, trying to show just how weak they are now i guess but like daryl I, I i know what you're saying and yeah i mean it's it's a show i have to go along with it but it's like i look at something like day of the dead it's like at least they're in like tunnels and it's dark and shit where it makes sense that they get trapped yeah. at some point it was this a is, weird strategy they're in the, they're in the biggest oh. field possible <laughs> like, exactly yeah, yeah. where the strategy is step backwards oh. it shouldn't be this hard <laughs> like, no well i don't even know how you turn the jeep over when yeah, that's the other thing. I was there. like, why is this Jeep turned Because they, like, drove right up to it, apparently. Because, like, they don't, like, they're terrible at range. I guess they're all stormtroopers for real, because they can't shoot shit. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, they need a better way of showing when they're trying to show how weak. I mean, they made a point of saying, you know, because he didn't show up to work. He needed her there. Like, others are not. I guess yeah. that was the implication that others are not shorthanded, showing maybe, up. Yeah. yeah. It did give us some cool overhead shots. Like they did do some oh, nice, sure. like drone-looking shots. It did. Yeah, there's some cool. Yeah, it to show how they, you know, everybody's kind of moving away. Um, I do. I, I need one episode to start with one of these stormtroopers getting ripped apart, and then it like freeze frames on them, and he's like, "You might be wondering how a guy like me got into a situation like this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, we got our like grotesque kill was this 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 soldier that Mercer wouldn't let go that they literally <laughs> ripped in half. Um, because it's just so slow motion how he got caught. Like, yeah. And, and Mercer's... Mercer, like, the fact that Mercer held on to him that long, to me, was a little yeah. out of character. Because Mercer is, like, a... It he's was. a very pragmatic kind of dude. And he would know, like, yeah. okay, this guy's a lost cause. Like, Well, this, this sucks, is when but... you know Mercer's going to turn to the good guys. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's starting, starting to... to do these emotional... He's starting to make bad decisions, pretty yeah. much. Um, so this is where we kind of get the deal. Uh, Carol brings Sebastian to Pamela and tries to make a bargain. So cl- clearly the deal is, is she makes a point of like, hey, if your son didn't do this, maybe somebody else did. And so it, clearly they're setting up somebody's going to take the fall um, or maybe somebody that's that's dead already or maybe maybe it's, you know, Hornsby. Who, who, it's Hornsby. It's set up Hornsby. Well, true. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. But that's easily what I think is going to. I mean, that's, that's no. Yeah, you're right. You yes. You, yes, you need someone to blame. Who's someone that has the kind of capabilities to do that? The the guy that Daryl currently has a knife around his neck. Right. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. who. and who isn't her son? Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought this was a much better gamble on Carol's part because it's like, okay, yes, you can. You now you Pamela owes you one, and you know you're. You're giving her a way to defuse this whole situation. The people will think they have justice. Her son is will be saved, and she will get rid of somebody potentially who is a 
is turning into a rival behind her back. Yeah. Um, So then we cut to this. um, uh, I thought the set looked really like this clearly looked like a room. They dressed up as a uh, as as a sewer. Yeah. Um, And and so at first. Uh, Daryl and them thought they were getting the upper hand on a couple of Hornsby's guys that were down there. And then like all hell breaks loose, like all Hornsby's guys come out and like, you know, Daryl and them are, are coming out and Daryl's and en- ends up being able to get around Hornsby and put a knife to him to get um, his men to lower their weapons. And Hornsby just has this like shit eating grin on his face, yeah. um, even though he's got a knife to his throat and knows he's in a bad spot. So, Clearly, Hornsby has some information, I think, or or knows something that the rest of them don't. So that is where we left it. It's a it's a good cliffhanger because I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want more. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It, it. I. I. I mean, we'll get into it in the ratings, but I thought this was overall a really good episode. Oh, agreed. So. Yeah. So, Aaron, I know you're um, short on time. Uh, so, do you want to give your um, your Buster or your Buster rating for this? this episode yeah i'm you know like i'm out of four i guess because it's like it's not doing it's it's one of those episodes setting a lot of it's doing a lot of table setting but it's also like a mid-season premiere so it has like exciting beats like it has that car chase it has the cliffhanger ending it has you know a guy getting torn in half like it has stuff that i really like and like i'm just with these characters like i have questions about something like you know the newspaper stuff or what have you that's Seems like a constant, just like random symptoms of the show as a whole, as far as shortcuts or what have you. But like, for what I'm getting out of this episode, I think it's delivering in a lot of good ways. As far as how do we pick up as the you know final third of these episodes with a bunch of characters and have to reestablish motivations or what have you. I think it's doing a really good job at that. And that Greg Nicotero directing this one, you know, you know, he he's he tends to do a good job. Uh, so yeah, I'm at four busters. I think. Nice, <clears throat> Rich. Would, would how, how many you give it? Um, yeah, this is, this was by far just a great episode. I think all of the, the characters that were more featured did great. Um, but my favorite thing about this episode is the camera work, the cinematography throughout this entire episode, that car chase, the stuff with the drone cameras and all of that i was very impressed i thought that they did a really good who directed this one nicotero nicotero yeah well of course uh he did a fantastic job um and then jeffrey dean morgan i just loved i i loved the way you saw like you said earlier russ that little bit of old negan poking through but you know kept in check by the new negan um just overall, I, I give it four and a half. Uh, I thought it was just fantastic, and and like Aaron said, great cliffhanger. Nice. Really, really, I was pissed that the episode ended, and it's been a <laughs> while since I've had a Walking Dead episode that made me mad because it ended. <laughs> Fair enough, Daryl. I enjoyed it too. Uh, a lot of fun scenes in the in the this episode, so it it really. It pushed it along, and it did leave you in a place where you wanted to see the next episode, which I kind of did anyway, and I watched it anyway. Um, so it worked. I, I, I give it a four out of five. I think it really worked. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four out of five, too. I, I think uh, there wasn't really too many things to nitpick on this episode. I think it was just really solid. Um, 
I think a lot is going on. You could start to feel the tension building. You can start to feel mm-hmm. that things are coming to a head. Um, and it, it doesn't seem to be, I felt like when we got to this part in the comic, like things seemed to feel like they were kind of, uh, coming together a little quick, maybe a little rushed. I don't really feel like that's what's going on here. I think, I think things are, uh, maybe the break kind of helps with that, but I don't feel like things are being rushed along. So, so yeah, four for me. Very cool guys. I unfortunately do have to take off. I'm sorry. I can't stick around for the, the buster ratings from our listeners, of course, but, um, I, I will be back, uh, you know, next time. Um, I will just say before I go real quick, our, our show, our, the podcast I host out now with Aaron and Abe, it's October. We're doing all these fun, special, uh, horror bonus themed episodes. So feel free to, uh, check out, uh, our show for those. Cause those are always a lot of fun every, every year that we do them. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. Uh, yeah. We will see you next okay. time, sir. All right. Take it easy guys. You too. Later. All right. We will cut to the Facebook group. Um, facebook.com, facebook.com, <laughs> facebook.com <laughs> slash groups slash WDTV podcast. Um, so we did get some Buster ratings this week. We thank everybody for for putting them out there. Um, we'll just read through them real quick. Mike Jones, three Jeep tours out of five. I keep waiting for a big moment, and it just didn't happen. Enjoyed the scenes with Mercer and Negan. I think someone's son is in a lot of trouble. Eh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, David B. the third, a four out of five Busters, with good old Negan explaining how things are going to go down. I love the tension throughout this episode. It also finally seems to have some direction. Agreed. Uh, Darren Apple, three out of five. What time is it anyways? Day shifted to night, transition back to day, and all seem very compressed and extended simultaneously. Movement of characters seem very fast. Negan arrived in the com- arrived in the Commonwealth while they're still in a firefight back in the ruined town. Th- that's one thing I, th- that that did bug me with this episode is it's getting a little bit like and like la- like last season Game of Thrones where. They would spend early seasons uh, where sometimes a character would take an entire season or two seasons to get from one part of the world to the other. Um, Uh, And all of a sudden, they're going back and forth within the same episode, (laughs) and it seems like no time is taking place. So for the Commonwealth to to feel like it's, it's a place that's very far away, and yet like this travel back and forth seems to be happening much quicker, um, but but again, I think it's I think a lot of that is just is just because things are winding up and nobody really wants to see three episodes of people traveling back and forth at this point. We want to just kind of get to it. So I think, fortunately or unfortunately, I think that's just like a victim of uh, of 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 the you know the storytelling mechanism. So Brent Jones one WTF is going on out of five. I guess I just don't get it. Everything seems so forced. I never cared about the Commonwealth boss or her stupid son. Hornsby guy may have been interesting had they fleshed him out better, but he's not really a threat in my eyes. The Commonwealth really feels fake, like one of the few times you can really tell they are on a set. Maybe it's because we already did the entire all these people were behind walls and can't fight thing and are being led by a manipulating weirdo. Maybe it's the fake look of it. Maybe it's the lack of developing the bad guys. But I just don't care about the Commonwealth and really kind of just hate it. Wow, that's a little harsh. Uh, I don't know about uh, Tammy Heisley. I don't know about this episode. I mean, it was okay, but I think they should have showed us Oceanside. Are they dead? Are they alive? Did they kick them out of their community, force them to join the Commonwealth? Are they hiding and waiting to fight? No one seems to really care. Two busters. Yeah, I, I am kind of curious too. It it 
it, they just kind of put Oceanside to the wayside in the last few it, seasons. Yeah, uh, at, at the end of last grouping, I thought um, Hornsby made his way to Oceanside. Right, that's where he kind of did his manifesto of, "Oh, we're just right. going to take over all this yeah. territory." But they didn't go with him, did they? No, no, they didn't. Mm, yeah, um, but I agree. I think I think of all the areas on the show. You know, we know what's happened with Hilltop. We know the kingdom is gone. We know Hilltop is gone. You know, we know Alexandria is kind of left. But yeah, I agree. I think I think the hillsides may be getting short shrift in in this. Um, Kevin Barry, three and a half. How did these guys flip a cheap that easily out of five? <laughs> we we thought that as well. I enjoyed a lot of this one, especially the opening sequence and the element of tension throughout. But I hope this is not a handful of episodes of just moving pieces on the board, only to have the build up not pay off. I watch a spinoff of Negan and Carol rehabbing homes for families after they burned down the Commonwealth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. So, I think I have the answer to how they flipped the Jeep so easily. It was a it was an off screen moment where a walker came up out of the ground that had been buried there, had been murdered before the apocalypse, and now it finally crawled its way up and it popped its head up just in time to get caught in the axle and cause it to flip. That's my guess. They just hey, didn't film it. Hey, we didn't see anything to debunk that theory. That's all I'm saying. So, there you go. Right. All right. Well, <clears throat> thanks everybody for listening. Um, like Aaron mentioned, definitely check out out now with Aaron and Abe. Um, as well as his articles that we live entertainment. Um, you can find me here on this very podcast where, like I said, we'll have a, a little bit of a break. Um, <clears throat> I did p- the, the, the second batch of tales episodes that episode did post pretty late. Um, I'll try and get this one. Like I said, I'm going to be out on vacation, so I'm going to get this posted before I leave. Um, and we'll try and see if we could squeak something in depending on what happens with Comic-Con. If not, um, between the time you hear this and the next one, it'll probably be a couple weeks um, and then at some point we'll shoehorn in a Tales episode to get caught back up um, as we head to the home stretch of, of the final season. Daryl, where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Voice123, and uh, you can look up Tales Network, a podcast, and uh, see the website there. Excellent. Rich, where are you at these days? Uh, same place as always on the socials at ChubToad01. <clears throat> excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. We will be back next time to talk more The Walking Dead. Um, So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, don't roll your Jeep. Yeah. Be careful driving in open fields. Yes. With a 50 cal on your back. Wow. Yes. (laughs)